0: Wise Men
1: Say Sun FM Preview Show With Stephen Goldsmith and Gareth Barker All
0: Things Sunderland
1: Hello and welcome along to the Sun FM Preview Show but I nearly missed my queue there Gareth I wasn't sure where to come in I've never done this show yet this season And it's a bit different from the uh, Into the Light we had last year Welcome along anyway. Uh, I'm Stephen Goldsmith and Gareth Barker is here with me. We're joined tonight by Damien Spellman who is a journalist and he writes for the Press Association. Good to have you along Damien, first time we've chatted this season. Certainly is. On air anyway. (laughs) And Michael Loff is with us as well who does a lot of work for us with the Wiseman C and also for the Roker Report blog which Sunderland fans are probably familiar with. Good evening, good afternoon. Um, what, <laughs> <laughs>
2: what a lovely evening it is for you In here Then he bought some nice barbecue things I was telling Damien I was like oh, God, I'll go out for my lunch I'll pick something up Maybe go to M&S Treat myself Get some barbecue stuff And then forgot I had to come here So that's Candid
1: You forgot you had to come Yeah, good job probably probably mas-
2: yeah mas- well, on, well no I was like kind of in a weird Sort of yeah I was still in Pre-season mode obviously
1: Still not match fit You've been doing everything man You should be match fit And raring to go now <laughs> Maybe
2: I'm jaded but, like the last half an hour of last night's mm, game.
1: That's a great segue of that, isn't it? Professional, <laughs> <see>? <laughs> We did say, to be fair, for people who listened to the show earlier on in the week, I did put it to, to you and, and the other guests we had on, when we, we, we did predict that Simon Grayson would go with a similar tactic because Sheffield Wednesday liked to have the ball, where we would let them have the ball in areas we deemed not harmful to us. And I did pose the question, are Sheffield Wednesday going to be a little bit better at this than Norwich so we're currently going through a bit of an identity change and I think that's certainly proved isn't it? because we were looking to get away with a point in the end although it could have been out of sight before half-time.
2: Um, I think it looked as well Sheffield Wednesday certainly played a bit differently in Norwich. When they made the changes up front they got the ball forward a lot quicker than Norwich were and that was the thing that created the problem. The pressure was really on it was almost a bit like what happened in the Derby game but it sort of ramped up a notch. Um, definitely got more. Sheffield Wednesday definitely got more quality up front in than uh, Derby County. So, you know, but they've got to be taken as a positive that like, even though you know, we probably came out of the game scratching our heads going, Oh, we're lucky you're there they get something. You know, the first 60 minutes were pretty good and they came through that test, they didn't collapse again.
3: Yeah, I couldn't agree more, really. Um, Sunderland not collapsing. <laughs> God. <laughs> great that isn't it yeah. yeah I think that's just the point I was going to come on to I mean, certainly last season I think it was evident that as soon as we went a goal down or even if we started well in the game as soon as the goal went against us the heads would drop and we were just retreating to our shell but it's pleasing that even though we were under the cosh last night for much of the game and obviously you don't get punished quite as much in the Championship. It was still pleasing to see that we were still relatively solid at the back. And despite all the pressure Sheffield Wednesday had, we still came way of a point. And as Big Sam used to remind us, we've got to kind of respect the point sometimes and just move on. And I think before the ball was kicked, if he'd offered me five points out of our first three games and through the next round of a Cup I'd have absolutely snapped your hand mm. off so I think we've still got a bit of momentum I think there's still a little bit of like a bit buoyancy around the fan base which was sadly lacking last season and I think we're going to the Leeds game with a bit of momentum behind us and hopefully we'll get another positive result there and then we've played the slightly easier fixtures on paper, but then hopefully we can put a yeah. run together and kick on. It's interesting
1: what Michael said about the point total so far, Damien. I mean, if somebody had said to me, when, when I saw those fixtures come out, and I, and I saw it was Derby, um, Norwich, Sheffield Wednesday, Leeds... I probably would have said if we if we just got through those four with five points, to be honest, it wouldn't have been the worst thing in the world. Now, we've got five after three games. I'm not saying it's a free pass against Leeds, because we could do with that first home win, certainly. But we're not in a bad place, all things considered, are we?
4: No, ab- absolutely. When you look at those, those four teams, you would have put them in, in the top, Seven or eight of the favourites to get promoted this year. Uh, so I think you, you wouldn't complain at all. It's great to get an away win in your first couple as well. And I, and I think, you know, Sheffield Wednesday would be the, the archetypal championship team big, strong, direct, um, and uh, very, very good at what they do. Uh, and especially get a point out of them on their own park is, uh, is a pretty decent result. And you
1: could say that about all the teams we've played, really. I mean, Norwich are kind of up and down, aren't they? Um, a bit of a yo-yo club now But they certainly know the Championship They know that terrain a lot better than Sunderland have done in recent years Derby County as well Been in the Championship for a long time now As have Leeds So all of those teams you could make that argument for And one of the things people were worried about And concerned about when Sunderland got relegated Was that they didn't know the terrain Because they have been in the Premier League for 10 years So they've shown that they can compete certainly hmm.
4: No, that, that's right I mean, you know, thankfully Sunderland had spent a decade out of that division, and it's um, it is a difficult division to get out of. Just ask Middlesbrough; it took them seven years to get out of it, and they spent an awful lot of money. So, yeah, the, the, the fact that they've they've hit the ground running, they've hit it in positive mood. They've got a manager who calls a spade a spade and knows the challenge exactly. I think it's been a really positive couple of weeks.
2: I think on the you know initially a lot of Sunderland fans probably a little bit uninspired by Simon Grayson, and that's no criticism of him. Um, I think it was just, you know, that come down from, you know, this is where we are now. Um, But looking at it now, yes, it's only four games, but you can see where other teams have decided they're going to go for a little bit more of an exotic or option, maybe, you could say, or something a little bit more on paper. That's a bit more exciting where now you can see why the decision was made, because it is the ultimate cliche, he knows the division, and... We've spent less than £2 million on the players we've brought in. And if you look at some of those, people like McGeady and especially I think Graben, who've been incredibly impressed with, even though when he came I was thinking, I'm not really sure about this fella. But I thought again, the way he holds the ball, his use of the ball, he's got really good vision. You know, it's just, I know we can talk about James Vaughan if you want. Obviously popular because he works really hard and you can't really criticise him for that. But I think I'm not saying advocating like let's drop him. I'm not saying he's awful. I just think if we had somebody else next to Graban who was a little bit
3: more potent. Better, yeah,
2: <laughs> scored goals then. You know.
3: I think when um, Vaughan came in I think that was one of the first comments I sort of made about it I said if James Vaughan is going to be our number one wait, you know, um, one of our first choice strikers going into the season and beyond then I would be a little bit concerned because at Championship level he's not really been the most prolific of strikers um, but I think if we can get another one in he's kind of our third, third or fourth choice striker and I think he's a good option because he gives you something different up front He, like Gareth said he he like grafts his balls off basically and that's just its as I say the crowd responds well to it and he, I mean you saw the flick on he did on Sunday for our opening goal I mean that's invaluable especially I know like I was saying a lot at championship level um, but just touching again on the point you made about Simon Grayson and when he came, a lot of fans were unconvincing. I was one of them. I kind of saw it as just a reflection on what the club was becoming, kind of like a mid-table, uninspiring like championship club. I didn't think it was the worst appointment in terms of stability came keeping us up. But after we'd had kind of two weeks of the uh, rumours of a German consortium, you hear these kind of like zany German characters being bandied about. You kind of do get a little bit swept away with it all and I was a little bit underwhelmed by Grayson. So I think it was essential he got off to a good start and the fact he has that, he's bought himself a little bit of kind of time to manoeuvre and I know that sounds a little bit drastic considering he's only been here a few weeks but if he had the slow start he wouldn't have had the change in the bank for like a big name manager like Roy Keane when he was here, he had change in the bank because he had like the aura and the cult of a manager with Roy Keane. We saw it last season with Benitez at Newcastle. He could afford a little bit of a slow start because all the fans, he rewashed him from the outset, whereas with Grayson, he's had to come in and get the ground running. I think under incredibly difficult circumstances, I think he's done that and I think he deserves a lot of praise for it.
1: To be fair, you mentioned Keane. Grayson's possibly the first manager since Keane. Maybe Bruce, who's come in and sort of puffed his chest out a little bit and and spoke highly of the club and, and said, you know, players should be privileged to come... And play for a club like Sunderland certainly. Uh, the latter days of Poyet we didn't see that, and uh, <laughs> we never saw that under Moyes, did we? Well, I mean, <laughs> um, that's the
4: thing that contrasts with David Moyes. I mean, this time last season, he was, he was already making his excuses, wasn't he? Yeah. But uh, you, you know, you, you hear
2: him talk about again Grabben and him saying he fancied it, he wanted to come here, and you know, I know we've spoke about it in the other shows. Maybe players like Grabben see a club like Sunderland as maybe the one, you know, the one last chance to. To make something of themselves and potentially to get another goal <coughs> in the, at the top level, because Sunderland have in the last ten years, yeah, you know, growing up it was always uh, we we're generally a second division team, but you know, modern times, the last ten years, we've been in the top flight. So people see Sunderland as a as a Premier League team, um, and I think all of our expectations have been pretty low. I think it'll be interesting to see what happens when. The expect the results mean the expectations rise, and mm-hmm. and the results drop off because there'll be a period where the results drop oh. off, and it'll be interesting to see what happens then when. Did the you say there was a difference last
1: be... night already before the Sheffield Wednesday game because people were on a high so much? Before I mean, had it's all if Butts and Sunderland, you know, they didn't lose the game, but they were close to losing the game. Do you think there would have been a? Well a, closer a bit of a game knee game jerk, as well yeah. though. I mean, you look at the chances
2: <laughs> yeah. that I mean the chances that we <laughs> yeah, missed I, I, I mean, Sheffield Wednesday hit the bar and they had that one cleared off the line, but the one off the bar is not really, it's a bit of a half chance really, it's a good effort. But you know, the chances we had were, you know, Graben's header, um, Vaughan really should have got on the end of Graben's cross, um, when he went with Westwood. We had a few cross the face a goal in the first half and you know, Vaughan had a good chance that he should have hit the target with uh, when the ball dropped to him. Um, from a, a, an effort from uh, McGeady I think it was so we had, I would say up to 60 minutes Sunderland had the better chances by far I think if that if that goal hadn't gone in I mean he's, he's hit it from 30 yards and we can talk about in a minute actually probably that again another cliche should the goalkeeper have done better but if that doesn't go in I think we're probably alright because that gives them a, a foothold in the game and the momentum comes Whereas it's one of those stages of the game where if it gets another five minutes in the spaces start to open up because they're panicking and then trying to get back into the game. There's going to be
1: people screaming at us now saying because you you mentioned about how strong we started for 60 minutes and then we struggled the last 30. Similar to Norwich, although we we built ourselves up a three-goal lead Mm. but we struggled. Even Derby, they had that little spell. Derby was worse than Norwich. So people are going to be asking wanting one of us to mention now the fact that Simon Grayson... Is he not using substitutions because the bench isn't strong enough, or does he not like substitutions? More than anything, there's a clear sign that even at this stage, we need reinforcements because the squad's quite thin and they're knackered after an hour. How concerned should we be with that?
4: I think that's a fair point, and if if you consider that, you know the chances are you could lose Coney and Kasri before the window closes as well. Um, that there, there is a need for. Some strengthening there, and it. We all know there's a budget, and it's it's a quite tight budget. Um, but yeah, that that would be a concern that two weeks into the season that they're, you know, they they seem to be dying and that early as well. You know, if it was the last ten minutes, you could, you could perhaps be a bit more forgiving. But uh, yeah, I, I, I think that would need to be addressed.
2: I think that you mentioned McConney there, and he was given the the captain's armband when Captain Moore went off. I mean, maybe it was just he was there and he gave him it, but I know Gibson captain the team against Bury, didn't he? Um, so when he came on, I think, for Captain Moore, so maybe it could have passed it on there. But I thought that was quite interesting. Mm. Um, the reasons for that, people have their own theories where they're trying to make it out that, you know, he's a prized asset, he's going to cost you more money, or whether or not, you know, there's a lot of comments from, from supporters, and understandably so, about Coney and how he's does not care, and he doesn't want to be at Sunderland, and you know, he's sort of a mercenary and all this. But I haven't seen that in his performances this season, personally. I think you know, he got a lot of criticism for that Celtic game, but and he said he was tired. I mean, people will have their own opinions on that, but people can players can get tired when they've played lots of games quickly, especially during pre season. So there'll be a lot of conspiracy theories around that, but. We don't know what's going on behind the scenes. Maybe Coney is well-liked and well-respected. We don't know.
3: With Coney, I think it's maybe a little bit of a confirmation bias if you've gone through the last year and his attitude at the times last season did, like, overtly look quite bad. And I think if you've got the mindset that you don't like Coney and you'd like to see him leave the club, every negative thing you're going to do, you're going to put under the microscope, aren't you, and over-analyse it and slate them whether it's a player that you like and you think's quite popular, then you're going to kind of give him leeway, give him a few passes. Um, but I think Coney, I think he is a key player and he would... I mean, I can't really say he's keeping him because I think he'll be a bit of a panic buy maybe for a mm. like low half-premier league team on deadline day. But I think if you could keep him, I think he could be an invaluable asset at that level. We've already seen he looks a cut above a lot of the defenders in the Championship. And and I think it's credit to him that he hasn't... <clears throat> that he, he might, even if he has been sulking behind the scenes, there's no signs of it on the pitch and that's really where it matters. And he's given good performances and I just hope that can continue.
1: Well, John Ridley's actually tweeted us in saying, mentioned that corner, getting the armband and saying, do we think this means there's a possibility he'll stay till January at least? Are people reading too much into that? Was he not just the closest person to, to cut him all as he was going I off, perhaps? Know. And he just thought, there, there's a senior player, I'm going to give him the armband. It doesn't carry the yeah. distinction it used to, Damien, does it, having the have having armband. England make a mockery of it when the player friendly don't they? It gets pissed, passed around about seven times. No,
4: absolutely, yeah. And that can be a bit of a nonsense. No, I mean, I think the top and bottom of, of it is if somebody said to Martin Bain on the Friday before, or the day before the transfer window, there's 12 million quid. I, I don't think you'd see him for dust because that's the reality of the situation that, that Sunderland are in in, in, in terms of finances. I'm almost
1: looking forward to Sky Sports showing Coney in a car park somewhere. <laughs> because, you know, when Darren Bent went down to Birmingham and booked himself in a hotel before signing for Villa, Corner would so do something like that, he's wouldn't all, he? He would so once, Exactly, he went down Liverpool, didn't he? So yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm almost, I'll be disappointed if it doesn't happen, in a way.
2: Yeah, he, you know, the, the agents, I think, with Corny, Corny's agents in particular, I think, you know, they're they notorious for this sort of thing and there's no coincidence there, you know. You, I mean, he's a he's a grown man, he should know better. You can you make your own decisions, but I, I don't know, it's like when you're having your head filled, full of, you know, whatever, and being told that, you know, there's a pot of money at the end of this rainbow and it's, the colours are... Claret and Blue one week, and then the next week it's the Everton Blue or whatever. You know, I mean, you're talking about a team that would come in for him. I mean, for me, last week of the window, it's got West Ham putting a derisory offer in, and then him kicking up a stink because he wants to go. And then on deadline day, like Damien saying, him going for probably not as much as he should, but there's all sorts of Johnny Evans has
1: been linked with a move yes. away from West Brom. It's Manchester City it's with Tony Pulis, then you would imagine he might take a look mm. then. I mean, I think that last few days, the them. transfer yeah. window,
4: I mean, be, it'll be chaotic. And it will, there'll be a real merry-go-round of, of people flying in And, near,
2: and that's and when everywhere. a team like Sunderland then, maybe they can strengthen because they're going well.
3: well I've just seen, um, Who, Who's left
2: over in the squad so that they might be able to take on loan? Yeah. Or
3: yeah. Sorry, I've just seen to David um West Ham have made um, Robert Snodgrass available for mm. transfer and on loan, so that will maybe be an avenue where it's, well, particularly on loan. I mean, maybe you might not want to Is come. Is McGeady not yeah. doing that job he would do? No, but... Um, you... Different players, aren't they? No, they
1: are, they are... but could you have... T- they are different players, but they, are t- they, they both strike me as players you would struggle to get in the same team because it would take a lot of protection behind them, I
2: think. I think, I think a good play Snodgrass in the in the hole. But Maybe.
1: Anyway. He does work hard, Snodgrass, off the ball. Like, I watch him for hole and he does do that. I just... I'm not sure... <laughs> The about the balance.
2: If You'd take them though, wouldn't you?
1: I'm... Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of players I would take at the moment. I though. just
3: think as well for the championship would have been such a long slog of a season. You just need as many like bodies as you can if you can have quality options to come off the bench and impact games, I'm not saying the snoggrass would be a play you put on the bench. But if it adds depth and we have like kind of quality and <clears> strength and depth, which we've been lacking at the moment, then it could have a real like big impact on our season.
1: Mentioning the players going out, I mean we might as well mention it now. What's frustrating or what you feel is, is about to start getting frustrating, Damien, I, mean, I think, and I mentioned this point to to Gareth not earlier on in the our no, group chat, is that I came Sunderland came down this season, didn't have huge expectations. I actually think thought they had a better squad than a lot of people were giving them credit for. Now you've seen a glimpse of the division and you think we're only a couple of signings away from really, really competing in it. And the thought of maybe losing a couple of players and not getting any of that reinvested back into the team it's quite depressing as a fan because we don't care about spreadsheets. We we care about football and, and football players.
4: Well, no, I, I couldn't couldn't agree more. And you know, if you look you look up the road there at Newcastle, that they've had to put up with that for for ten years. The the fans there where the bottom line has always been the most important uh, factor. And it it is it is difficult. You look at the money Middlesbrough have spent. They're in a, they're they're in a different on a different planet. You know, Middlesbrough in terms of uh, in terms of of that ability to invest and in, you know to spend fifteen million pounds on a striker. There's you know, there's a lot of Premier League clubs who won't do that this year.
1: Mm. I mean I don't even think I would necessarily even want that. And I've said like the Pickford fee thirty million quid, I can understand them. I would have liked to see them reinvested all, like Newcastle did last season with Sissoko money and Vinalden money. I can understand we were in a, in a in a bigger mess, much bigger mess than that. Um, when Newcastle aren't really in a mess financially either, but I, I, so I can understand why they're not just throwing all that back in and taking a gamble. I would have liked more of it though. I would have liked even ten million of the. third thing on
2: that though that I know people don't like, some people sorry don't like loans. They kind of see them as a, I don't know, like oh why do we loan everybody? You know, we never, we never buy our own players or whatever. Well, we do, and we usually saddled with them for two years in the reserves and then they move for free. Um, but. I think the loan market for us this season could give us a massive advantage because, say I'd, I agree with Stephen in that if we had the two or three players, if you get one or two of those good players on loan who make a difference this season, and potentially, I would say that if you get those players in, we, we are in with a shout for the mm-hmm. top six. Mm-hmm. Then you're in a situation where if you do go up at the end of that season, all those players go, and then you've got a clean slate and you can... Bring in you players don't want the a better standards. To be no, 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 you no want you're right. To build on, you're you? right. We, you know, I'm sure if some of those some of those players who have brought in on loan anyway will probably be available for transfer in the summer, and we'd probably like someone like Lewis Grabban if they wanted to try and buy him. I'm Sure, we'd be a more attractive prospect than trying to get Danny Rose to sign for Sunderland or Alan Hutton at the time when he was at Tottenham. Things like that. So it's a bit different, I think, and obviously Barini was a prime example when he was at Liverpool. Um, so. You know the people who are getting on loan at the moment would probably see us if we went up as a step up, so you'd probably have a little bit of a bargaining chip there. But you look at it again, going back to Newcastle, a the team there who spent all of that money, but on Championship players, they have spent yes. it on Championship players, and now they're struggling probably to shift them because mm. of the wages and the fees that they're on. That's exactly right. And and, yeah. and and on top of that, you you know they they can't. There's no money to spend, or there there is money to spend, but. They can't bring in, they can't compete in the market like Middlesbrough could probably yeah. compete greater than Newcastle in the Premier League financially. I could have Sean
1: haven't there that as long as you know you you can go up and I mean they have spent a lot of money since going up and that's obviously them um, putting the TV money to one side before before they receive it or whatever, isn't it? I mean I'm not a finance expert, but that's really? that's but that's obviously <laughs> what it, that's obviously what that money is, isn't it? They, they wouldn't have done that if they didn't get promoted, for example. Yeah. So. I know what you're saying about the clean slate and stuff. But you just worry about with the ownership the way it is now. Even if we, that, that's a worry for a lot of people. But then isn't again, it? If you going, go up, what would realistically be reinvested? But then, in the again, but then
2: again, going up makes you a more attractive proposition to a buyer, doesn't it? If he's, he might think, oh, well, if we're in that position, let's actively look to sell to somebody who can afford, you know, to run the club at that level. Rather than when you're coming down, it's not. It's not as attractive proposition, is it? So it's it's a more of a gamble. But anyway, we're probably getting slightly too far ahead of ourselves after <laughs> three league games talking about if we got promoted. You've got to have self belief. sound like this them. Is the 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 road, this man. is the issue. You've got to
1: have self belief. <laughs> Puff your chest out. We've got a great record in that division. Let's go up. Should we speak? Try and speak to a Leeds fan. See what happens. Let's do that then. Let's
0: Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Let's give it a go.
1: Wise Men Say, Sun FM preview show with Stephen Goldsmith and Gareth Barker, all things Sunderland. We are joined now by Rob. And, uh, Rob has his own blog, which is called Life, Leeds United, The Universe, and Everything. So, fitting quite a lot in there, Rob, into that blog. We are delighted to have you on, though. Um, Leeds United then. I mean, some of us from a certain generation, um, even more people from an older generation. Sorry, Damien, I'm not. I'm not referring to you specifically. <laughs> oh, sh- I'm not refer- referring to you specifically. Leeds United with this sort of super club in, in English football. A lot of people, though, the younger lads like Michael, who's in the studio, haven't seen that at all in the last fifteen years or so. What's it like generally now? Uh,
0: well, for those for those of us from that older generation that remember Super League, uh, and I'm sure. Sunderland fans of the older generation will remember them as well. for got sort of happy reasons for them, <laughs> but um, for us, it's um, it's frustrating. It has been very frustrating since the turn of the century. Really, um, there's just a glimmer of things getting a little bit better now, but it's been it's been a it's been a bad shot over the first sort of fifteen, sixteen years of uh, of this century, and it wasn't all that good in parts of the of the later twentieth century either. I mean, when, when you think about you know how 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 good. We were given that we didn't win as much as we should have done, but it, it was a it was a great team. It was a dynasty that, and nothing's quite matched
1: up to it since. Mm. I mean, when when I was a kid growing up in in the nineties, the uh, I mean, well, the eighties and nineties really, uh, late eighties, <laughs> early nineties, I used to get the thing from from my parents and uncles and stuff about how Sunderland was asleep and giant. Yet, in my lifetime, I'd seen the third division and I'd seen primarily the second division with the odd promotion <laughs> and relegation straight away. So th- uh-huh. there'd be a lot of Leeds fans. I'm talking grown men as well, who who oh, just, yeah. who've never witnessed this for Leeds, it must be mad that.
0: It is, yeah. I mean to me the the league championship in, in ninety two, um, that still feels quite recent because I went a long time from starting watching Leeds um just at the end of the Reaver area, uh, without seeing them with anything. Um so that was sort of the first eighteen years I was watching and then they won one league title and then it's been twenty five years again since. So I'm lucky that I've seen it with something, but as you say, there's a lot of people just a bit younger than me, perhaps, that, that have seen half a century of nothing, almost half a century of nothing. So, um, sleeping giant's more like comatose, really. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and are they on the road to recovery now, do you think?
0: Do you, I've said this so many times over the years. <laughs> I've, I've always been a glass half full tribe, even on the am a Leeds fan. And I've said, yeah, yeah, we're on our way back now. And there's been that many false storms. But I honestly do think, with the new ownership and some of the new ideas around the place, there's a recovery of sorts coming in. It, and it just—it it depends what your expectations are, because the way things are at the top of the game now, with the amount of money being paid out, um, I saw how much Man U had laid out on three players last night. It horrified me. It's 180 million. Um, it's difficult to see us getting back to the top echelons of the game. Leicester have done but,
1: it Leicester have done it recently
0: wait, I know yeah but I mean 5,000 to 1 generous really for that <laughs> wasn't it <laughs> um, I mean. it was a one off and, and it was brilliant to see I mean Forrest did it 25 years before that um, 35 years before that but I think it's one offs I mean I think we've, we've got to a point now where there is a cartel at the top of the game and don't get me wrong I'd love Leeds United to be another Leicester I'm sure you'd love some to be another Leicester it's just so difficult to see it happening it really is. is. It With is. that amount of money.
1: Thanks for bringing the studio up uh, and, and doing that. Um, what's, what's life like generally in the Championship now? This is quite new for Sunderland in the context we've been in the Premier League uh, for, uh-huh. the, for the last 10 years. We've, we're, unbeaten, we're, we're unbeaten so far, though. Um, yeah. Is it enjoyable down here or what?
0: It can be. I mean, a couple of schools as thought. I mean, everybody wants to be backing by the big boys. But, you know, some people might say, well, it's, it's, it's quite nice to be a big fish in a small pond, really. Although that hasn't really worked for us over the last two years. Um, it's OK. It can be OK. If you're competing towards the top and doing well at home and, you know, generally enjoying yourself away, it can be all right. But there's always that desire to get back. I'm sure you know what I mean. Um, but, you know, we've been down here far too long now and we've spent three seasons in the league below this. So it's getting beyond the joke now, it's not funny anymore, it's not all
1: that much fun anymore, and let's get back, you know. Have Leeds ever been on your patch, Damien, or was it just Sunderland Borough, Newcastle? Do,
4: do you know, I was a, a student in Leeds, so I spent five years mm-hmm. there, about 150 years ago. But, <laughs> I mean, I do I do remember, not as a student, but I do remember the 72 Cup final when they beat Arsenal, I remember the European Cup final in 75 when they were very unfortunate to lose to Bayern Munich, mm-hmm. and it was a great, great side, That's some wonderful players, Eddie Gray and uh, Norman mm-hmm. Hunter and... Different types of player, obviously, but it was it was a great, great team, and uh, I had a bit of a, a, a soft spot for Leeds. I must admit. I think that the biggest thing—it's a massive city, Leeds. You know, it's it's one of the biggest cities in the country, and it deserves a Premier League team. Uh, yeah. And and when when Elland Road is packed, it, it it's a real noisy place and a, and a great place to watch a game of football. Um, yeah. I think I think the biggest thing f- for me from the outside looking in is that the fact that. The, Chelino farces over, and you can you can yeah, yeah. Of, yeah start from a from a hopefully found firm foundation again, and, and try to get the club back to to where it belongs. Yeah.
1: How did you take the Gary Monk news or, or or the Gary Monk scenario? Would yeah, be disappointed.
0: Um, to be quite honest with you, and I'm not the only after it, I never entirely bought into the Gary Monk thing. Um, we did okay last year. But we had to work very, very hard to grind out results. We didn't blow anybody away. And um, I'm not saying that we necessarily should have done, but the style of football, I don't know what you guys think so far, but the style of football and some of his relations with the local press as well just left a few little worms of doubt. Um, I wasn't quite sure where it was going with Gary Monk. Um, I really hope he does well for you.
1: No, it's Barron, not us, remember.
0: Sorry sorry, no, no, Borough no, no, not Sunderland yeah. <laughs> Sunderland yeah you know I'm getting mixed up I hope, he, yeah, I, hope he does, I hope he even hope he does well for Middlesbrough because <laughs> it's a hot up there I know it's a cliche but uh, you know you've got you've got three massive clubs up there with great big hometown support and a lot of passion going on and it'll be good I'd like to see them all up in the Premier League you know or, or at least you two giving Newcastle a battering because I've got a mate with a Newcastle fan um, <laughs> but yeah I mean Gary Monk maybe you'll do okay I, I just I've I wasn't distraught when he left Leeds for it that way, although then when, when he'd gone, I really wanted to have Simon Grayson, which is another story.
1: Well, we, we've got him now, Yorkshire Man I know. What was it about Simon Grayson that impressed you? He,
0: was just, he just got it. He was just, he was, I mean, he was a Leeds fan, obviously, mm. and, and he had that going for him, which, which always helps. But I, I, I just always thought that if he'd been allowed to do his job with a bit more freedom... I think he'd have had us out of League One a lot more easily, although he got us out eventually. And I think he was on his way to making um, a force in, in the Championship way back in 2010-11, uh, when we first came up. Um, what were the re- well, what
1: were the reasons for his departure? Joggo jog memory for us?
0: Well, eventually he got sacked. Um, but I, I, I thought it was most unfair, because, uh, you know, he... he he got he got himself a good squad together. He was doing okay in the championship. He was asking for more investments, but then they started selling players um, that he didn't want to sell, um, and and it all fell apart as it has done a few times, you know. Since uh, since we were relegated from the uh, from the Premier League, um, and I, I think uh, Grayson didn't get the chance he should have got to to you know to finish he started, and he's done well. Where he's been since he, he did well at Huddersfield, he did he did okay at Preston, I think. Um, and I think you'll I think you'll do well for Sunderland. I really do.
3: Just one thing about. Gre- not this
0: weekend. Oh,
3: sorry, sorry? <laughs> just uh, one thing about Grayson. Um, I've heard a few people say that he kind of has a little bit of a glass ceiling as a manager. So he comes in, he kind of stabilizes things and mm. turns kind of basket case clubs into more kind of functional ones. But then once he reaches a certain level, maybe he kind of if the expectation gets a little bit too much for him, he doesn't really do as well. Do you think that's a fair comment? Or do you think, like you've basically alluded to, that it was a case of like, the circumstances not being right for him?
0: Yeah, I think I think that, that's more like it, really. Because, as I say, all I can go on is the limited time he had after getting promotion from League One with us. He was, um, he was doing OK in the Championship and he was building, as I say, and he, and he wanted this player and that player, instead of which he lost the likes of Snodgrass and House and people like that. Um, I can't remember whether that was all in, in, in the Grayson area, but, uh, era but I think he did. He, he lost vital players rather than gaining the players he wanted to, to make Leeds the finished article in terms of promotion material from the Championship and I, I think we'd have been up on the Grayson, I really do um, I think he, he he was into the thing he, he, he got Leeds United uh, because it was part of him um, and I think it was, a, it was a big shame I've always had a lot of respect for him
1: and, uh, and, like I said, I hope he does well. I suspect he'll be back at some stage. Mm. I mean, I, 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 I'll, I'll be honest, just finishing on, on Grayson. Uh, we mentioned earlier on about the initial reaction to his appointment from Sunderland fans, and I think mm. I did like the, the job he's done at some of these lesser clubs. I, I do say that I, I was um, reassured by the fact he had the Leeds job and did quite well there, because mm. often when managers... You would worry if Sunderland were going to go for one of those managers who would only been at lesser clubs, perhaps it might be a bit yeah. overwhelming for them. And the fact he'd done that at Leeds did reassure me a bit because they're quite similar in a lot of ways, Sunderland and Leeds. Yeah. Anyway, well, what... what think, sorry, go on.
0: Sorry, go on. I was just going to say, the Leeds job is a very difficult job to do well at when you haven't got the support from <clears> above. And, and for a lot of managers, from Terry Venables onwards, I'd say, uh, Peter Reid, likes of people who have done quite well elsewhere, have failed at Leeds because of it, they've, they've lacked support from above. And I hope that will change now. But I think Grayson was a victim of that as well.
1: Okay. What? Just finally, then, quickly. What is success for the season? And what is success for Saturday for Leeds?
0: Uh, well, success for Saturday <laughs> would would be a win. Um, that would be very successful. Would um, you t- Would you
1: take a draw if you offered it?
0: Certainly would. I certainly would. And I might have given a different answer to that around the time that I think you got Tonks home by um, uh, Celtic, Celtic Yeah. Pretty- yeah, I remember thinking then, oh, that's not very good, because it wasn't the strongest Celtic side. Um, but you've made a very solid start to the season. I thought you were going to win at Wednesday the other night, and I was uh, sad to see that you hadn't in the end. Um, I know I'd definitely take the draw. I think a draw would be a solid result. I don't, s- I'm not so sure that we'll get one. <laughs>
1: and success for the season for Leeds?
0: Well, it would be nice to see him make the playoffs go one better than last season. Um, I think we have bought reasonably well so far, but those players have yet to gel. Um, but I mean, look out for the likes of uh, Alioski and Saiz. um Possibly uh, a, a guy called Clitch you might see in the field pulling the strings. It'll come together. I'm not quite sure it'll it'll have come together by by Saturday. And there's, there's you know a few people thinking that Chris Wood might be a bit unsettled at the moment because of sort of Premiership clubs after him. Um, so I don't know, but it would be heart. It's one of those. It's, it's heart says win, head says. We and more central
1: heads says we might lose this game. <laughs> Wise men say. Sun FM preview show with Stephen Goldsmith and Gareth Barker. All things Sunderland. Thanks to Rob there. I think we've got our leads Leeds guest sorted, Gareth. Hopefully, it's only for one season. <laughs> well, we need him again. Won't we? Then... Yeah, we will. I
2: don't... Do you listen to? The... The uh, I think Steve Cook's a contender now, isn't he, with Gary Gower? Yeah, he's been quite... on once before, though, Steve. He? Has he? I don't yeah, remember. Yeah, Obviously he sounds... didn't impress that yeah. time, did he?
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, he has been on before. It's good, though, because we we you know we, we had our set guests for the Premier League, didn't we? Yeah, yeah. So it is good. Uh, it high standard so We're far. trying to
2: do in that thing where we're like, all oh, the championship's better than the Premier League yeah, for absolutely. these reasons that aren't true.
1: Absolutely. Um, what I want to ask now, I don't want to turn things negative, I'm just trying to look at things um objectively. Um... How important is this game, Damien, from a playing style point of view? We have saw Sunderland go to Norwich. We saw Sunderland go to Sheffield Wednesday. Very happy to let the opposition have the ball. Going down that route long term is a bit dangerous. We saw it with Martin O'Neill. It was productive at first for under O'Neill when Fletcher was scoring every chance that, that came his way. It was mind-numbing by the end of the season. So is it important in a way that, that Grayson can show us he's, he's not just all about
4: that? um i think yes to an extent because you've got to you've got to excite the fans you've got to get the fans wanting to come but ultimately it's about results yeah and i think you, uh, we've mentioned Newcastle a couple of times. They didn't play particularly well last season, but they won enough games to get out of the championship. And at the end of the day, that's all that matters. But yeah, you you, you want you want your fans to be enthused about. I didn't want to along. be that
1: guy already in the season. You know, there's Sunderland. There's not a Sunderland we or anything like that. You know, like West Ham trying and, <laughs> and try and have you believe. Um, but I, I just think it's, it's an interesting point that this seems to be a big game where there will come to a point where where people will say, "Well, we
4: can't do that every game."
2: Well, if, we we at Derby though, we didn't let Derby have the ball no. you know We yeah. got it in the face, totally. and that's our only home game this season So, mm.
4: and, you're, and you're playing two up front with, a, with an out-and-out winger it as I've well, been so. suggesting it
1: so I thought I'll throw it out there I think, from, you know, from an objective point of view
2: If you look at the chances we've created in every game we've played, we've had more than enough to win comfortably um, You know, really
3: One positive stylistic thing he has done I think um, we're pressing opponents a lot higher up the pitch and we did that against Derby, we were winning the ball like kind of in, in their half, like kind of deep into it and we're creating chances that we obviously Casri had that glare and miss down buried, but that all came from like the high press we did on them. And it'll be good to see that again tomorrow, kind of like not letting Lee settle on the ball early and I think and Don and Catlam all are absolutely tailor made for like outside style of football like the championship level again we're using that prefix but it's kinda it relevant.
1: Is the formation got anything to do with um possession gareth? Mark McAllister's in as saying four four two, I or that. I quite like it, but we're averaging thirty-seven possessions so far.
2: What, would, what did possession did we have in the first game? I don't, don't know, you know, but we'll give remember. Mark the benefit of the oh, doubt that he's, did that he's, to, he's um, worked out the average. We're very low at Norwich on the possession, but we won't, We scored three yeah, goals. Doesn't so matter, so does it? Doesn't, doesn't matter. matter you're he, going away and tonguing someone 3 him, one, yeah. If you're not, if you're not well, if you're not losing games, then don't see what the problem is. And <laughs> you, you know, Grayson said, you know, over and over again about. You know he's he you know he likes to play different ways and you know he takes each game as it comes and and all that kind of thing. So I'm sure he's you know he knows what Leeds are all about and he'll he'll have a a way of playing against them. And I'm sure it'll. I think to be fair, Grayson as well. He's not just looking at them; he's looking at you know what Sunderland can do to to get the best out of the the better players we've got and the way we've set up at the moment. You could argue Vaughan finishing not great, but He's a good foil for grabbing. You've got McGeady on the left-hand side. You've got Honeyman, who, be fair to him, who's you know, probably a few eyebrows. I casually wasn't ahead of him, but he's been excellent. 2 centre midfielders, is very good. So, yeah, there's, there's lots of
1: good players in Sunderland's team. Darren Elliott's asking what we think he will change once we lose. I'll rephrase that a little bit, Damien. <laughs> will he change things for the weekend? Because these players look fatigued.
4: Yeah, I mean, that's, that's the thing. The games come so thick and fast, Saturday, Tuesday, or Sunday, Wednesday, and then, and then you're back into again. There, there will come a point where he has to. I'm, I'm a great believer in you play your best 11 until you get injuries or suspensions. I'm not sure you can do that in the Championship, particularly if you're involved in, in the League Cup as well. Um, but it's, it's where he turns to after that, because I think we would all say that the, the first 11 at the moment looks quite strong. Uh, particularly for the division, but below that is 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 the is there an effective un, under, underbelly rather, mm. um, and I, I'm not quite sure there is at the moment. I guess I mean.
2: we've got Oviedo to come back, and um, I'm not forward to to an uh, at that level, and Rodwell to come back as well. Um, He's a very good left back, I think. And then we've got. After the after the national break, we've got McNair and and what more to That'll come back. That'll be
4: a big boost. The two having the two. Again so back, and
2: yeah. we we're strong in the centre midfield. We've got loads of options there. So I'm not particularly worried about that. I would you think... be worried if he sells and Dong? Oh yeah, definitely. I think sell I think and Dong's the 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 variant of the the group that we've got in the 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 other. Mid, no, I'm not saying that all of them are like Catamol, but I think Catamol's better than all of them. But they probably would slot more into what he was doing in the game. Whereas in Dong's much more athletic and you know, he you know, he gets about the place full of energy. It's
1: not beyond the realms of possibility that a, Well stop saying a, a, things a pr- like this. <laughs> <laughs> We've got he, I
2: think I think he's a difference though. I think he, he makes a difference. I think he enables us, as I said before, he enables us to play two up front. I think he if you take him out, I'd be wanting to drop a striker and go with somebody at the top of the midfield rather than go with a four four two. But yeah, s we'll, I guess we'll see, and I, I, I don't know what that. I saw there was some transfer talk around in Dong, but I don't know, I don't know where that comes from, from.
1: France, you're not going to get the kind of money from France that would t- it would no, take no. to prize him away. I wouldn't have thought it's going to be Premier League or nothing. You, you would hope.
2: Well, if you think that someone like Nathan Ake going for twenty million, then you'd just be saying, right, you well, maybe twenty million then if you want him. <laughs> well, why why not though? That's that's the market you're in. It's it's silly. So don't go selling players for like you know another young, a good young talent, somebody who we should be building a team around. If you're going to sell them, you, you sell them for £20 million.
4: I, th- I, th- I think you're right, but I, again, what what comes into play in this sort of thing of wages, we don't know what wages are on. You Plus, wouldn't imagine it would be one of the higher earners. Sunderland
1: possibly, and I don't know this, but they're possibly still off for that transfer because it was only yeah, last I, season.
4: I would imagine they're paying in installments, yeah. Mm. And-
1: that's what you worry about. So if somebody comes in and takes that debt away from you. Let's not think about that for now. Let's not. Th- we'll worry about that when it comes. The uh, spreadsheet cup. <laughs> um, Degsy wants to know, Damien, if Chuck Norris would knock Kevin Ball.
4: <laughs> I'm not sure he'd even try.
2: Once you've had the handshake, that's it. <laughs>
1: Mm, that is, Com- a, that is <laughs> a it's just
2: you just, you're just a completely destroyed house It hand. is an experience the
1: hamster. Yeah. is <laughs> uh David Marrum's in it's a giant beef eater bear an appropriate gift for a man approaching 50.
2: That's an Alan Partridge reference, it certainly by the way. Is. I hope you didn't. You didn't know that, did you? I, I,
1: at the time, no, It went over my head. I'll be honest. <laughs>
2: it went at the time. It went like, over my yeah, head. Yeah, like, like now. Like
1: now, the, the moment <laughs> is now. Yeah. yeah. It did, it, I'll be honest. It went over my head. Yeah. I'm not gonna pretend otherwise.
2: Are these is a funny bit. Is this a funny bit of the program? It's where people send silly things in. They were the only two we got. The only. No. It was
1: low on the banter stakes, To be honest. Oh, really. Pretty... We need to start doing Question of the Week if we want to bring that sort of I thing back. Can't be bothered.
2: Back. to sort. i too busy. I can't be bothered, we, can't are are bothered to make good things? radio.
1: Can't be bothered to do that. We'll, well just give you this loads, rubbish instead.
2: We've got loads on, man. I know. Can't be doing everything for everyone all the time, Stephen. Right. Speaking question. of doing everyone everything for everyone, the Peacock on Go Saturday. On then. Go on then, That'll be exciting morning. Yeah, come on down to the Peacock before the game on Saturday, and um, we'll be doing every week every weekend home game. We're going to be in the Peacock in the beautifully renovated um, broom that used to be Flares. And it's certainly moved on since then. So get yourself in there. There'll be food and yeah, drink no, We're
1: offers.
2: not talking about it being a 90s bar. No, <laughs> no. Well, it might be a 90s bar because of the guest. Was it the 90s? Eighties, 80s. 80s, 80s, sort of. 80s, 80s. 80s. The 80s, very early eighties, The crossover. Yeah. It was when it was the reflex the um, the, before Flares. Um, yes, uh, it's uh, Kieran Brady going to be joining us for the first one. So that'll be nice if you've heard him talk before on, on certain radio shows that I shouldn't mention on here. It's a very good guest. So... Get yourself along. There'll be food and drink. offers a free to get in. It's family friendly. Probably getting started. Probably with a talk about. Have to watch past your potty mouth after
1: a few drinks. If it's family friendly.
2: Well, you know we're we're high class. It's pretty much <laughs> entertainment, Stephen. You can't be effing and jeffing all over the town. <laughs> Come on,
1: where's your you of class, Stephen? Uh, you yeah, see. I'll be classy. I'll be wearing my top hat. <laughs> right, um, top and also Stone Island. yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly.
2: Stone Island top hats, even better. Um, yeah, and also the live show in London. Um, you need to come to that if you if you're based in London, um, please. So it'll be a really good night. David Priest at the Southwark Brewery, ten pound a ticket, free beer. One free pint. Make sure know it's one free beer. It's <laughs> one not, yeah, free it's, beer.
1: People are like, "That's a great deal. I'm in." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's a great deal anyway. It Steven. is, especially London prices for exactly. beers. Exactly.
2: So you're essentially getting like your ticket for you. Probably making money on your ticket, <laughs> <laughs> tenner. But yeah, come along second of September. You can get your tickets at WisemanSea.co.uk UK. I've done all the plug-in now. I yeah, think. I've done all the plugging. Plug, how confident?
1: Don't I? No, I mean we'll wrap things up now. So we're approaching the stoppage time, the forty-five minute mark. How confident are people for the weekend?
3: I think on a scale of one to ten, I think I'd give myself about seven or eight for <sighs> confidence on Saturday. For a
1: Sunderland fan, that's confident. Do I mean?
3: I'd
4: have to fancy them. We've got to say I'd have to fancy them. But yourself?
1: I do. Yeah. It's a bit I worrying, think. that isn't it? It's not a good place to be at.
2: I no, they've shown enough. I think. Uh, the only worry is the, the fatigue, I think, and that all the games close together. Mm. But, you know, maybe you'll make a few changes and You'd freshen to, it up you, a bit.
1: You, know, you feel you'll have to do something, I think. But I'm looking forward to watching live football again. Can't wait. A few extra hours on the drink as well. Although we'll be sober because we're professional and we're doing this short. <laughs> no. Thanks for listening. Wise Men Say, Sun FM Preview Show with Stephen Goldsmith and Gareth Barker.
0: All Things Sunderland.